Praise God. Praise God. If you would turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 13. Thank you, hands of praise. Haven't they blessed us today? Let us into the presence of Almighty God. Amen. Last night we were in Woodsfield. Sister Kim Castle leading our anchor church band and music and doing an event there in Woodsfield. Power of God was so touching in that room with the people from that community. We're believing for great things for Woodsville, Ohio, Monroe County. Can you say amen? Even the county commissioner was talking about the presence of God that he felt in that event. So, so powerful. And here we are in Zanesville. And the Holy Ghost is here. The Spirit of the Lord is in this building. And anything you need, God is able to fix today. Praise the name of the Lord. Luke 13 Verse 11 says, And behold, and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity way too long. I think that's implied when I read 18 years. Look at your neighbor say, Enough is enough. 18 years and was bowed together, she was crippled and could in no wise lift up herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Notice when Jesus saw her, he called her to him. It was a synagogue where he was teaching, which was a setting like this, a Jewish gathering place, what Christians would call a church, Jews call a synagogue. But he looks at her and called her to him. I, I try to picture the scripture. I try to get in that room and see the setting. And uh, she probably would have came to the Lord something like this. She got up from where she was. She came to him. And he said, woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I believe there's a moment in all of our lives that we need to be set free from something. Everybody needs to be set free from something. I said everybody. Everybody shout everybody. Look at your neighbor say he's talking about you and me. Somebody shout, set free. I'm glad today to preach to you from this portion of Scripture about being set free. How many know the Scripture? For he whom the Son is set free is free indeed. Clap your hands and praise him for his word. Come on, I believe Christianity is something worth being excited about. I'm excited about the blessing of God. Amen. Turn to two or three people and tell them, God can set you free. Amen. Smile at them. Don't be mean. Mean to them. Just look at them and say, God can set you free. Why don't you turn to a lady near you and say, woman. Now be nice about it. Woman. 
loosed. Come on, some of you ladies, look at a man and say, man, thou art loosed. Oh, clap your hands and praise him before you're seated. I feel victory. I feel delivering power. Come on, I feel the Spirit of God in this room today. It's exciting knowing what God can do. You may be seated. The song, He Set Me Free, the lyrics say, in the lyrics of the song, He Set Me Free, there's a verse that goes something like this. Once like a bird, in prison I dwelt. No freedom from the sorrow that I felt. But Jesus came and listened to me. And glory to God, he set me free. Oh, he set me free. Yes, he set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound by Jesus to see. Oh, glory to God, he set me free. How many are glad that the Lord set you free one day? Amen. God can and will set you free. Jesus goes to a church in Luke 13, or excuse me, the synagogue, and he's, verse 10 said he's, he's teaching there, and, and they're asking all these religious questions. And, but, but Jesus, uh, verse 10 says, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And, and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. Let's, let's talk about something for a minute. For her to have been in the synagogue, more than likely, I, I think we can understand that she was a Jew. She was a Jew that was at the synagogue on a Sabbath. She, I would imagine, and this is assumption, is that they would not have allowed a Gentile in there and uh, because the Jews have no dealings with the Gentiles and so she would have been educated on, on the word of God, the Old Testament, uh, the, the Torah. She would have known Bible verses. Over 18 years, it's possible that she had heard during the infirmity a whole lot of teaching about the law and the word of God. Can you say amen? And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. She went to the synagogue possibly 18 years and had a spirit of infirmity. She was bound. People always knew, didn't matter how big the crowd was, they knew when she came in because she walked different than everybody else. She would, whether, whether she was completely bowed over for 18 years or gradually grew worse, I'm not sure. But what we do know is at the point of the story, she is bowed over, crippled by a spirit of infirmity. What that means is in her infirmity, the word infirmity actually means a weakness. It's a, it's a, it's a handicap. It's, it's, a, it's like the man that had a, a withered hand. His hand was withered. Something was wrong. And what I'm saying to you is what was once strong is now weak and limited. Understanding her condition is to understand she cannot do what she wants to do. 
She is not living the fulfillment of life because she's bound. She's limited. She is, she's frustrated. She, she's no longer the strong person that she once was. She is now living a life with limitations and frustrations. And going to church or going to the synagogue, listening about the power of God, hearing about the laws of God, and yet remaining the same. People gathered around. Every now and then throwing out an amen to the, to, uh, to the teacher of the word of God, to the rabbi that would have been teaching. Amen. They would shout every now and then. She would get up. She'd walk right out the same door she came in, hunkered over bowed, bowed down and bound. I just don't believe it's the will of God to stay bound. Hearing all the word for the truth will set you free and, and I just don't believe it's the will of God to remain handicapped in that condition and I'm just going to jump ahead here for a minute. What you'll find is she wasn't just sick. She just didn't have some palsy. She was bound by a spirit. Jesus says that the devil or Satan bound her. It's not the will of God to be bound by the devil. Amen. I said it's not the will of God to be bound by the devil. The devil limiting you. The devil attacking your mind. See, some of you walked in here straight, but inwardly you're crippled over. Your emotions are crippled. Your thought process are crippled. You, you hate to be alone because your mind's going to spin away from you. And you, you just want to try to gather your thoughts. But thoughts and desires and lust and anger and offenses and things begin to roll into your spirit. And it's crippling. You're afraid to look someone in the eye. You're afraid to trust someone again. You're afraid to get near somebody because in reality, you are bowed over, hunkered by the spirit of infirmity in your life. I don't know how it happened or what caused it or where that spirit entered her life. I don't know what initiated it, what caused her to become bound. Maybe it was she opened herself up to some spirit. Maybe she got around the wrong people. Maybe she connected with the wrong person and something came into her house. I've seen people bound by spirits. I really have. I've seen them in this building bound by spirits. That's just the truth. And what I've learned is sometimes if we're not careful, we will open ourselves up to things that God never intended for our lives. We will make friends with people God never intended to be in our lives. Come on, can I get a witness? You will watch a movie that God never intended for you to watch. Get on a website that God never intended you to look at. Listen to music that was not made for you and your future and, and the peace of God in your life. If you're not careful, you will open yourself up to things that cause you to become handicapped, whether physically, mentally, or even uh, emotionally here today. I don't know what you're bound by, but when I come to preach to you, it really doesn't matter what you're bound by. I know a God that's greater than the bondage. He's, he's greater than the spirit. He's greater, greater, greater. Hallelujah. Amen. That old song says, I'm so glad Jesus set me free. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Singing glory, hallelujah. Jesus set me free 
For Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Oh, Satan. Y'all making a bad choir today. Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Oh, Satan had me bound, but Jesus set me free. Singing. Oh, come on, choir. Glory. Y'all scared to death to sing. What's the song saying? I was bound. I was attacked. I was wounded. I was limited. I was down and out. But there was a moment in my life that God called my name. God knew where I was. I come to preach to you this morning. He knows where you are at. He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. He looked at her. Brother Nehemiah, he looked at her and he says it this way. He said, woman, come. Come here to me. Everybody stops and says, we ain't seen this in this synagogue. The only people getting called out here is getting ridiculed for not obeying. We see things in the temple where they condemn, they cast down, they throw stones at. We haven't seen this happening. This man that the loaves and fishes and the blinded eyes and they've come to hear him as a rabbi teach and all of a sudden he interrupts his own sermon. It's as if he can't stand it anymore. I'm not sure what part of the law he was reading from or teaching, but when he got to the point, he stopped his own sermon and said, lady, come here. And when she got up and started walking, it might have been an awful sight. It might have taken a long time. My grandmother, great-grandmother would go to church. She, this is how she went to church. They get her in, it'd take her a long time to get to her seat. This lady was bound and the scripture says that he laid his hands on her and immediately, somebody shout immediately. 18 years and immediately. A long time suffering and immediately. Come on, I believe in healings but I also believe in miracles. Miracles are immediately. You came in one way, but immediately. You struggled, but immediately. You were bound, but immediately. Brother Noah might be watching today, and and we're going to help him finish another building in another town. Isn't that exciting? Amen. We're going to complete a building there. They're almost finished. Church being built. Brother Noah, when he came in here, he was... He was bound by by 22 years of crack cocaine addiction, in and out of churches, in and out of different venues to, to hope to get better. But you know what? Still bound. But one service, David Smith, Evangelist David Smith, stopped during his own sermon, pointed his finger back to where he was and told him, Everything he had done the night before without calling him out. Without saying, hey, 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 you uh, 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 Hispanic man and, and, and embarrassing him. How I many know oh, God doesn't embarrass us? 
He just looked back and pointed in the direction. The room was filled with people. No one knew who the preacher was talking to except for the Noe. And he told him what he did the night before, last night. And he said, oh, God, God knows where I'm at. I want you to know today that he knows where you're at. And he also knows what you're bound by. He knows what's hindering you. I feel like preaching on this Sunday morning. He knows what's crippling you. He knows what's keeping you back. He knows what's been limiting you from your purpose. And I come to tell you, when God shows up in the room, he didn't just come to come and preach some teaching or some sermon or some masterful excellence of of hermeneutics or homiletics. No, 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 no. When he stepped to the pulpit, he came to set you free from what the devil's bound you with. That's why he's here. That's why we are here. Somebody shout, set free. It ought to be the word on the street that the church is where you can be set free. I pray, I pray that we become the number one conversation in the crack houses in Zanesville. I pray that we're the number one conversation on every bar stool and every bar and tavern in town. I pray that every heroin addict has on the tip of their tongue. Have you heard? There's a place that you can go to and be set free. Amen, amen. Somebody shout amen. Amen. I pray that, that HIV or AIDS Anonymous or group that gets together, their conversation becomes, have you heard? Have you heard? There's a place you can be set free. Come on. I pray that the conversation of people in town standing on street corners, that the conversation becomes among them in jail cells and drug dealers that got into something that they couldn't get out of. You see, the devil gets you in something you can't get out of. The Bible says that they enjoy the pleasures of sin for a. Don't let anybody tell you that sin's not fun. It's fun. If it wasn't fun, nobody would do it. It's fun. The Bible calls it the pleasure of sin. It seems good, but all of a sudden, it's a season. Seasons always run out. I don't care how much you love summer, it's about to end. It's a season. It's not going to be long. Guess what? Yeah. I'm going to have to put a hat on that head that doesn't have any insulation up there. I'm going to have to have warm coats and boots and socks. And, and uh, these doors out here are going to have frost on the inside because it's so cold on the outside. You know why? Because a season ends. Hear me? Sin is a, is a pleasure for a season. Then the fun's over. You know what it is now? It's bondage. It's slavery. It's no longer fun. I'm doing it because I have to, not because I want to. Why are you sticking a needle in your arm when you don't want to? You don't want to do that. 
You're putting another, uh, 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 another, another something in your mouth to satisfy some craving in your body, and you don't want to. You look at the can of it and say, I wish I didn't have this. I wish I could stop this. They tell me that it causes cancer, all the evidence against it, and yet I'm still doing it. Why am I still doing it? What started as enjoyable that calmed my nerves for a period of time, now it's got a hold of me, and I can't lay it down. I've thrown it away, and I go buy another one. You walk to the cooler of the gas station, and you look around your shoulder, see if anybody's looking, and you reach in, and you go to the ice box, or whatever they call it. The, the... I'm amazed you go to a gas station. Let me ramble for a moment. Go there, try to get a sweet tea, a Coke, whatever, whatever. All you Diet Coke drinkers out there, and chocolate milk, and orange juice, apple juice. You go to about four coolers, and there's like 75. No, that's an exaggeration. There's about 10 alcohol coolers. But I'm hardly ever in there when I see somebody buying it. But there must be moments that they come in, they reach in there. What started with feeling good, now I can't let go of. Now it's got a hold of me. And you make promises to the spouse and to the children to the people over you and under you and sides of you. I just want to quit, but I can't. I, I wish I could stop. I, I just wish I could quit doing this. And, and I've, I've been talking to some people. That's what you need to do. You need to tell some people I'm going to stop. There's got to be somebody that's around you that sees you walking in and out of the house bound. People know when you're bound. Oh, I'm doing good. Quit lying. Quit lying. You're not doing good. You're bound. It's controlling you. It seems to satisfy, but once you put it into your body, all of a sudden you say, it just doesn't do for me what it used to do for me. I wish I could stop. I wish I could quit. Every time you reach through the refrigerator to get another one, something you says, I wish I didn't do this anymore. It's affecting my family. It's affecting my mind. You know what we need? We need a wake-up call and realize that sin has a season that brings bondage. But I haven't come to preach about your bondage. I come to preach you out of bondage. I come to tell you about one that is in this room. Amen. I haven't come to condemn you no matter what it is. You never dreamt. You never dreamt that one click on a pop-up, one click on a website. You never dreamt that one second view would have led to something that you can't stop. What well, seemed pleasurable and gratifying and satisfying to the lustful flesh has now got its hands on you. It's got its talons in you. It's telling you what to do. You can't get away from it. You can make promises that you can't keep. You can talk about getting out of it, but you can't get out of it. You're bound. You're crippled. Your body is, is, is over. It's, it's, it's bound down. It's limited. And the devil said, you're not worthy to go to church. You walk in there different than anybody else does. When you walk in, everybody's looking at you because you're bound. When you go there, you don't belong there. You don't belong there. I disagree. I just believe that the sick need a physician and the bound need a deliverer and the sinner needs a savior. Now, like what somebody told me the other day, they said, I can't make without a savior. I need a savior. I come to preach to you in this room right now. There's a savior, there's a deliverer, and there's a redeemer. 
If you're bound, don't you stay home from church. If you're bound, don't you, st- if you're watching online right now because you don't feel worthy to be here, go ahead and put your shoes on. Throw your, throw your shirt on. Get to the house of God. There's healing here. Somebody shout it right here. I'm going to preach a message tonight called Gathered Not a Few. He said, I want you to go to the highways. I want you to go to the hedges. He said, what that meant, I want you to go to the city, and I want you to go to country folk. Any country folks in the building? I are one. I am. He said, I want you to go everywhere. And I want you to find people, both bad and good. And you bring them to my house. Go get the bad and go get the good. I just submit to you today that everybody on Sunday at the anchor is not good. Somebody shout, they're not good. The fact of the matter, no one came to God good for there's none good. Jesus said, no, not one. See, if I offended you because I said you weren't good, Amen. Then I was really right. Because you're not good. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to us. You're not good. Come on, look at him. Just might as well say, you're not all that. Amen. You dress up real cute. You're looking good. But without him, you're not good. But something happens between the not good and eternity. Because he's going to look at us and he's going to say, enter in, thou good and faithful servant. See, we don't come here because we're perfect. We come here because we're perfecting. And it doesn't matter where you came from because we've all come from somewhere. What matters is where you're going. Amen. I haven't always been this good. And tomorrow I'm going to be better than I am today. I'm perfecting. Somebody shout amen. Brother Noe Berrientos came to church. Could you imagine if we only let holy people come to the church? There would be some weeks you couldn't go. Amen. There would be some days your wife would be like, you're not going today. Yeah, attitude stinks. Well, you should have went last Sunday, amen. How many know that's the way it would be? Because all we like sheep have gone astray. Every man drawn away by his own lust and attitude and carnal desires. And if we're not careful, the devil will bind us with circumstance or wrong relationships or weak moments. And calls you to think, God doesn't care. He only loves the perfect. Come on. Start having financial struggles. 